to the Gym Podcast. Uncut, unfiltered, unreal. Welcome everyone to the Gym Podcast. Back again, finally, after a week-long hiatus, we have with me the one and only Randy Darsh. Thank you for having me back. I'm glad to be back. I've been very sick. I've actually been sick for the past 12 days. This cold and flu season has actually been horrible. So, like, make sure you get your boosters. Make sure you get your flu shot and everything. Like, I'm just now finally, after 12 days, finally really able to, like, talk into a microphone again. This is literally going to be my version of the Jordan flu game. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, this is your Jordan flu game. No, this isn't COVID though. This is just like this is just a cold. That's that's what's insane. I think it, okay. At first, I thought it was a flu, but I think now it's just a really bad cold because yeah. it's just lasted so long. It's but been respiratory. Stuff it is what now. it is. I've had like a very minor cold for like the last week or so. So like, there's it's definitely stuff going around that last while. But regardless, yeah, I had to. Oh yeah, go on. I was gonna say very quickly. I had to just a quick note. I did have to employ a push to mute, so whenever I clear my throat and cough, <laughs> y'all won't have to hear it. We'll see how that goes. It's not a big deal. It's whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, even though you were sick last weekend, I assume you were able to watch some college football. It sounds like. Oh, that's about all I was able to do. So <laughs> unfortunately, I was sick on probably one of the weaker weeks of college football. It really just wasn't that interesting. And it was, as we predicted, very, like, front-loaded. Whatever did happen seemed to only happen really in the morning. Um, I think the only game that really stands out to me, like a game that we'll look back on at the end of the season, was the absolute shellacking of Oklahoma State by the hands of Kansas State, of all teams. Um, Kansas State won that game 48 to nothing. I I can't believe it, dude. Like, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Oklahoma State potentially being a playoff team. And then, then this happens. I just, I don't understand what happened. I have to say, this is why I love to say that the Big 12 is one of the most exciting conferences, mm-hmm. is that you never know when some crap like this is going to happen. I mean, 48 to nothing, they completely wow. dismantled them in a way. I mean, even if you expected them to win, not like this. I don't know what happened to Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is, is that, uh, you know Oklahoma State's going to like pick themselves up and be perfectly fine going forward. Yeah, it's just one loss. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously their playoff hopes are done. And, and, and done. In fact, I'd say the Big 12 on the whole, it seems like TCU is the last real team that has a potential, you know, threat of making the playoffs. But I, I don't have a lot of faith in them, to be honest. Um, they did not look too great versus West Virginia. Yeah. Very sorry, sorry, Saxo Steve, a very mediocre West Virginia team. They did not. They just don't have that it factor that you expect to see from truly elite teams they don't have a, like some star quarterback or incredible defense or, yeah there's no there's no one defining thing that makes them really stand out um speaking of playoff teams i guess one of the other games i wanted to talk about was ohio state looking quite sus against penn state um i, th- I think the final score isn't quite indicative of just how close this game was i mean at one point ohio state was trailing penn state uh in the fourth quarter which is hard to believe but they somehow rallied and scored 28 points in the final quarter of the game. Um, I don't know, man. I think for the first time all season, they looked actually kind of vulnerable. And they, they looked like they definitely could be beaten by a team like Alabama. So that's got to be good news for you. Well, I mean, you have to remember, I don't think anybody was asserting that they were like in invulnerable, this great dynastic team. But they had been at best untested until this point. Um, and I think Penn State was the first real test. So, yeah, they look vulnerable, but you have to remember Penn State is the number 13 team. They're 6-2. and two. They're a good Whoa. team. And Ohio yeah. State, 
they they pulled away late. That's basically what it amounted to. I don't think it says anything too bad about Ohio State. I mean, they're going to be a playoff team, it looks like, assuming they're able to get through Michigan, who, yeah, by all good. accounts, is still undefeated and looks good, too. I guess maybe my problem is, Randy, like, I'm not a fan of one of these playoff teams, and so when I see playoff teams, I mean, nine times out of ten, they look like these unstoppable titans, these absolute gods that are flawless and just, like, have no weaknesses. And so in the rare instance okay. they do, it's, it's shocking You have to, me, to remember... You know? You have to remember, it's very actually statistically unlikely that playoff teams, like, don't let 2019 LSU and 2020 Bama get to your head. <laughs> it's very normal for playoff teams that most of the time they actually have a loss when they win the championship. True. And beyond that, they're going to have some close games here and there where they don't have it all put together. It's about peaking at the right time. And, I mean, like, I talked about that with Georgia in week one when they beat Oregon 49-3, to like, mm-hmm. It's going to be a long season, right? Don't peak at the wrong time. Don't peak too early. Right. You have to peak at the right time. Right. So true. Um, one final game I want to talk about, and this has less to do with the game, but rather the what happened after the game, was Michigan versus Michigan State. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you've seen the video of what happened. Oh, yeah, that was, that was very bad. Good very Lord. uncalled for, yeah. I mean, this is, an, this is a huge low for, for Michigan State this year. I mean, even beyond, like, you know their record it, like this scandal it just it just feels like it just keeps happening man like just so much so much crap has gone down at michigan state this year um, right after tuck signs that really and, long contract and that's the thing it seems like it falls down on on tuck you know what i mean like he he sets the tone for the rest of the team and like i i don't know man like looking ahead they play illinois coming up in like two days Seven and one illinois they're looking good Dude, too. if michigan state loses that game they're 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 practically eliminated from bolt contention i mean they need to Dude. win three of their final four they're games. gonna here's the thing is they're gonna probably lose to illinois i mean i know you're not too familiar with brett bielema but i mean they're they he's really got them into being a big 10 west contender uh, dude this is just making our loss to michigan state all the more embarrassing <laughs> like i'm so ashamed that we lost that game because they're they are so beatable this year they're you should so be in beatable. tank mode you need to be in tank mode honestly there's, there's where no you just tanking. gotta no. here's the thing <laughs> I want, I'm going to bring this up later whenever we talk about it a little bit later, but I still do think Wisconsin is the best current college football job opening. I, Even I with think, Brian Harson getting fired. Yeah, but I think Jim Leonard's still our guy. Like, he, we lost we lost one game. Like, it's it's we've had three games with him so far. It's really hard to tell, you know, if he's the guy or not, I think. See how you do against Minnesota. I, like, actually, like, that that's going to be the key. You know what I mean? Like, can we make a bowl game? Can we beat Minnesota? Can we win our bowl game? I mean, hell, knock on wood. A nine and four Wisconsin is still on the cards. Like it could happen, and if that happens, technically it could then... happen. I mean, I I think it's possible. You have talent. You're actually a pretty talented team, all things considered. The one last thing I want to say about the Michigan Michigan State game, though, is that like I understand that in heated rivalry games, especially one like this, there's going to be fights. Mm-hmm. It's going to get heated. You're going to have some pushing and shoving and all that. But like this was. A step too far. Oh, Definitely for sure. A step too far. You can't take off your helmet and try to beat somebody senseless with it. That's literally actual Literal assault. assault. Like, not just a normal football died. fight. Yeah, it's wild. Why this keeps happening? Who was it a couple years ago in the NFL? Like that Steelers player, or was it a Browns? It was Miles Garrett yeah. and uh, Mason Rudolph. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like, and he, but that's the thing is they they rightfully made a big deal about that because he used, he took off his helmet and used it like it was a dang baseball bat. His weapon. I mean, that's insanely dangerous, dude. Like head injuries are no joke. So, 
Yeah, I, I don't know, dude. I don't know. Like At this point, it just feels like Michigan State just needs to clean house, but they can't because they signed this insane deal. <laughs> you know, like, that's... Don't do this, only, Stop doing this. Their <laughs> only hope... I hope this does not become a trend, but their only hope would be to find some kind of four-cause firing. Well, but, I mean, they, it, they can't but... really do that. That would be a very scummy thing it's to do. It's going to go them. to court. It's a whole... It's just more drama. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, I think just the simple solution, man, is like... And maybe teams are learning this, but you, you can't sign these 10-year... Hundred million dollar deals, like it's just it's not worth it. It's it's proving to not be worth it. Jimbo Fisher, same thing. They would so fire him by now if there wasn't this insane deal in place. You know, absolutely. But, All right, so shall we move on to this? Was their Super Bowl? Of course, and your favorite segment. My favorite segment. I love doing this because this is the one time we really get to like just completely guilt free rag on a team. <laughs> yeah. Right. So anyway, I'm going to award mine actually to the. Tennessee Volunteers. Oh, after I knew Kentucky you were going to do that. Here's the thing. It. Kentucky has inferior talent to them. Kentucky's 5-3. and three. They're like an above-average SEC East team. Don't get me wrong. And they won 44-6. to six. They imposed their will. But I have to be honest. My interaction with Tennessee fans thus far has been... And I'm not all of them. Some of them have been more gracious than others. But for the most part, it's been... They show a clear lack of experience in these situations. And... They're in this, like, we want to crown ourselves now mode. They act like they've already won the championship. And I don't think they realize that, like, yes, you beat Bama. Yes, you played a great game in a great environment. And they absolutely should feel very proud and very hopeful because of that. But it's clear that they don't understand truly what it takes to actually win the championship because they don't – they very clearly don't understand the process of what it takes. Like, Georgia fans, Alabama fans, even LSU fans, we all kind of know what it's like to be in this situation. We know not to start – talking ourselves up too early hmm. because you have to remember in order to be a champion at this point they still have to win four more games equally as tough as the bama game i mean the two of them on the road insane. yeah yeah two of them on the road and two of them on a neutral field so i don't know man they sh- they, pretty, <clears throat> they pretty much destroyed I, I think, listen are they capable absolutely but they talk as if they've won the super bowl all right fair enough fair enough um my award goes to a team who's, I think, actually a very similar boat, a fellow Orange team as well, actually. I'm giving the That Was the Super Bowl award to Illinois for defeating Nebraska. Um, here's the thing, dude. I'm sure you've noticed this, too. Illinois fans on Reddit, on Discord, have been talking just obscene amounts of trash this year. I don't understand where it's coming from. Like, you're still Illinois, dude. And if you look at their schedule, who they played, I mean, legitimately, their best win this entire year might be over Minnesota. Their second best win Oof. is probably over us. Like I know I'm biased, but like dude, they've played no one. They just they've played nobody. Wyoming, Virginia, Chattanooga, Iowa, Nebraska. These are terrible teams. The Big Ten Quest is literally having its worst year maybe in its entire existence. And they just they I mean, yeah, you bring up a good point because yeah. I'm noticing like their four wins that would normally be respectable wins are against four teams that are all having down, down years, having down players. years. Yeah, exactly. So it's like that's just the reality of it, dude. Because like normally a team like Wisconsin or Iowa or I hate to say it, Minnesota would rise to the top and kind of distinguish themselves as the best team in the Big Ten West, but that's just not happening this year. So like Illinois just kind of like fell backwards into this position. I mean. I, I have so many gripes of them. All I can say is this. They're going to play at Michigan in uh, three weeks. It's going to be fun. As a hater, it's going to be my Super Bowl. 
I will say, even though like upcoming schedule isn't super tough, like what no. is it, Michigan State, Michigan State's Purdue, Michigan, ever, and they play Michigan State, Michigan, like, yeah, <laughs> and Northwestern, yeah. like. And so here's the thing: is like really, what's going to happen is that they're going to end up being like a what a nine or ten win Big Ten, Big ten, ten West team. They're going to go to the Capital One Bowl and get destroyed by like Tennessee <laughs> or Alabama or something. or something. Yeah, dude, like <laughs> they played no one. I can say that as they played my team, they played no one. And even then, it's not like they're dominating these teams. It's not like Ohio State going up, you know, putting up 50 on every opponent. I mean, they're, they barely survived Iowa. They had a pretty mediocre performance against Minnesota. I just don't see it, dude. I don't see Look, it. Look, at the end of the day, I feel like with advanced stats and everything, I kind of wanted to make this point, and I don't know a better place to do it. I feel like with advanced stats and everything, people kind of – look too into some of the wrong things at times Mm -hmm. and the point that i'm trying to make is that at the end of the day i feel like they should be happy about the fact that they are seven and one Mm -hmm. they're having probably their best season ever and who knows what's going to happen i mean we know what's going to happen but they don't so let them enjoy it they're they're a bunch of this is their this is effectively their first season you gotta remember that dude the bandwagoners of illinois it's a real thing like there are at least with tennessee i i believe that there are like diehard tennessee fans Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, with Illinois, that's just not that's not a thing. You know, that's just not. You don't see Illinois bumper stickers around here. Let's just say, you know what I mean. Um, but I digress. I digress. All right. So now for one of my favorite segments. Segments is fraudulent or legitimate, and I'm going to try to keep the segment a little shorter this time. As we all know, we're actually like the playoff race is kind of coming to a head. We're really seeing certain teams rise to the top. Yeah. And teams are doing a good job of telling us who they are you know some teams start off really hot and then right. fall through such as you know indiana started out three and oh and are now three and five right yeah sorry for Kizzy, what to, happened? i had to bring that Kizzy, one what happened yeah. and you're seeing some teams like start off very slow and start off kind of meh and then actually end up being decent teams kind of tell us who they are over the course of the season right and so without further ado the first team i actually wanted to bring up was LSU mm. number 15, 6 and 2. They started off the season with a loss. They are yes, number they 15. They're yes, actually, they I think, I believe they're number 10 in the college football playoff. Yeah, that was shocking. I mean, I think 10 might be a little bit generous, but overall, I think the team is legitimate. Um, it's there certainly took there, there was a little bit of a, shall we say, like a growing pains, I think, with Brian Kelly getting him on board. But at the end of the day, dude, like this team is extremely talented. They've got a good coach, and it feels like they finally have a system in place to where, you know, the puzzle pieces are kind of coming together here. It's interesting that you bring them up, Randy, though, because, of course, LSU does play Alabama this Saturday, which Maybe. I didn't even realize, dude, until I was looking at the schedules here. No one's talking about this game. Like, I get that George Tennessee is the big news this week, but, like, are we you scared? We have a reason for that. I mean, are you scared? Okay, here's LSU's the thing. I think both... Uh, I kind of brought this up earlier, is that both fan bases of LSU and Alabama are very understanding of these situations and know not to talk about it too much because <laughs> it's going to bite you in the butt. Like That's We, we kind of know, like, don't trash talk. Because if you remember, actually, Brian Kelly, his, this entire week leading up to the game, he's been talking about Bryce Young is literally the best player ever in college football. He and Nick Saban is just so great. Yeah. They're trying to soften us up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you just know there's a certain kind of attitude you have to go into this game is don't give them any bulletin board material. Right. But, yes, this game is going to be very interesting. It's a night game at Death Valley, and it's actually going to be in the pouring down rain. That's the thing. I feel like that kind of game, like, there's a little bit of – there's an element of chaos that is just going to be a little bit wild. I mean, I think Bama probably wins, but, I mean, you've got to at least be a little bit nervous, Randy, at least a little bit. I mean, it's a top-ten team on the road, right? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely I'm nervous. I know we can lose this game. It, it, saying I'm nervous, saying you have to be nervous implies that I thought in the first place that this was some give me give me game win. <laughs> and I know that it's not. I know, I know how tough it's going to be. I know how talented they are. Brian Kelly is unfortunately shaping up to be a great coach for LSU. For what so. it's worth, looking at their schedule, I mean, they lost to Florida State in week one, which obviously looks really bad in hindsight. But because that was out of conference, I mean, LSU technically still controls their own destiny in the SEC West. They absolutely do. So they're four and one in the conference, mm-hmm. and we're four and one as well. Ole Miss is four and one. They beat Ole Miss. Yeah. So yeah, if they went out, I mean, the, they win the SEC West, and they're going to go to the SEC championship game. It would be very curious to see, like, based on how the CFP rank them. I legitimately do believe that they control their own destiny as far as the college football playoff goes too, and I think uh, they know that. The first two lost team to ever make the playoffs. I would vomit, but <laughs> I guess if they want to be that good, they have to beat Alabama. That's for sure. All right, Absolutely. Next, next team, Randy. Next team is Kansas State at six and two, number thirteen in the college football playoff. Okay, I want to um, bring up a quote um, from Shaquille O'Neal regarding the Kansas State Wildcats. I'm trying to find the quote right now. Okay, end of quote. <laughs> I owe you an apology. I wasn't really familiar with your game. Oh my god. <laughs> Kansas State's legit, dude. What they did to Oklahoma State is, I mean, what an earthquake. Like, like this never happens. You know what I mean? Like, a, a team that's this big of an underdog comes in and just, like, eviscerates. I mean, 48 to nothing, dude, against Gundy. I can't believe it. Um, and yeah. this week, they do play a very up-and-down Texas yeah. team. Yeah, for what it's worth, dude, so... Kansas State, look at their two losses. TCU, undefeated, potential playoff team. And Tulane, literally probably the best G5 team of the country. Tulane's ranked I was going right to now. say, that Tulane loss is a little head-scratching on paper, simply. Mm-hmm. But whenever you think about it, like, if we were at the 12-team playoff, what is eventually going to be, Tulane would probably be the oh, group yeah. of five team that They're gets in. They're the best in. G5 team of the country. So, yeah, like, Kansas State, dude, they're, they're legit. They're legit. They have a lot of momentum. And I think they'll have a chance to continue to, like, look legit this week against Texas. I hope they win. Like, I love seeing Stark being, you know shambles so yeah let's go wildcats all right so the next team i have on the list is the utah the utah Uh, all right so they have they're six and two number 14 in the college football playoff they have wins over usc washington state oregon state these are by all accounts good wins the pac-12 is actually looking better and probably maybe the second best third best Power 5 conference, the Pac-12 as a whole is better, so... It's just, the, the thing is, dude, the Pac-12 overall is okay, but the Pac-12 also doesn't have, like... The Pac-12 doesn't have a Bama or an Ohio State or even a Clemson, you know? Like, every... Correct me if I'm wrong, but every team in the Pac-12 has lost a game so far. Right? That is correct. And so, like, you know, you look at Utah's... Their biggest win, their marquee win, was against USC. But that was a nail-biter. They, they won by one point. And USC, as much as I, you know, do think they're back, they're not Ohio State yet. You know, they're not they're not Bama or Georgia yet. And so, in my mind, like, Utah probably is a pretty good program. But that's about it. I think 14 is solid. Like, that's, that's, that's legitimate. They're not a legitimate playoff team, though. I, I don't even think they're a New York 6 team, to be honest. I think they're just pretty Ooh. good. Yeah, I'll say it. Ooh, okay. I mean, they still play at Oregon later this season on the 19th. Yeah. Um, and they're scheduled Arizona, Stanford, Oregon, Colorado. Kind of easy, but also one really tough game. Mm-hmm. 
We're going to see how that shapes up. We're going to find out who they are. That's exactly. the thing. I think the Oregon game will be pretty telling, for sure. So, in order, in the interest of keeping it in the Pac-12, I'm going to move on to the number eight, seven and one, Oregon Ducks. Legit. Very legit. I think this is the best team in the Pac-12. Um, I, again, I get the loss of Georgia was abysmal, but week one, it feels like every week I've been saying this, and for what it's worth, dude, looking at Oregon, I think they low-key have one of the most underrated offenses in the nation. Ever since week one, they have put up at least 40 points every single game. I mean, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I would assume this is that one is of the highest That is true. That is accurate. I'm looking nation. at it. And so, and that tells me, dude, they can win a shootout, and in the Pac-12, you need to have that ability. So, I think they win out, dude. And not only that, I think, I mean, in my mind, if they win out and win the Pac-12, they should be a playoff team. Who knows, though? Right now, I think they're kind of really disrespected at number eight. Like, again, I get it. They got blown up to Georgia, but, like, it was one one game in week one. You, you have to understand the team's change, so... I think they're. Let very, me just say, good. as somebody who's very familiar with the Bo Nix experiment, um, since he <laughs> did play at Auburn, he's very he's a very up and down quarterback, and I think he had the unfortunate reality of having to run into a buzzsaw week one and play yeah. Georgia. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, even though that's a team he's used to playing, it's still he was getting used to a new coach, new system, new, new receivers, yeah. new everything, yeah. and it just took some adjustment period. But overall, Bo Nix has actually looked very good with Oregon. And not only that, I mean, Oregon's been winning these games, and they've Hardly any of them have been close. I think outside of Georgia, they've had one game that was kind of in jeopardy. Um, they only Washington beat Washington State, State by a touch by, by a field goal. But and Washington that, State is decent. Yeah, and every other team they won by at least two touchdowns. Like they're for all intents and purposes scoring a ton of points, blowing teams out. They, they look like Tennessee this year, but they lost to Georgia. In week West one. Coast Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, now they do have to play that. They have to close out the season with a very good six and two Washington team. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 14, Utah. Utah. Number 23, a very good Oregon State team as well. So, we're, again, yeah. we're going to find out who they are. And they are, of course, going to have the Pac-12 championship game. So, we're going to kind of yeah. find out who they are. And I think I made this point earlier about peaking at the right time. They definitely they are. They did not since. peak early. And they're yeah. starting to peak now, which is perfect. Yeah, exactly. All right. Who's next, Randy? All right. Without further ado, the final team I have on this list oh, is boy. the... Number seven in the college football playoff, 8-0, TCU Horned Frogs. They had a bit of a scary game last week versus West Virginia. They did did beat Kansas State by double digits. They beat Oklahoma State. (laughs) I just – I don't know what it is, dude, because here's the thing. Like, I remember, like, 2014, the first year of the playoffs, TCU that year was so exciting. Remember that? They almost made it uh, to the playoffs. And – Back then, I thought they were legit, dude. They're like a feel-good story. I just, I don't know what it is about this team that I just, it doesn't resonate with me, man. I think it's because they the don't have... The defense is not very good. The, their defense shows a lot yeah, of issues. It and seems I mean, so they're, fragile. They're good. You know? Like, it, it just seems like oh, they've been very lucky, it seems, in a sense, where, like, a team hasn't come in and beaten them in a shootout. But, like, it just feels like only a matter of time. You know what I mean? Like... Well, here's the thing. The Big 12 overall is very good. It's a very good conference with a lot of parity, but they don't have like an Abama, Ohio State, right. even an Oregon Normally on their it's schedule. Oklahoma. Normally Oklahoma. They have, a, they have a bunch of like yeah. above average to good teams on their schedule, but no great team that's really going to test them. Yeah. And the chips have fallen wherever they've fallen, and they happen to be 8-0. Mm-hmm. They end the season with Texas Tech, Texas, Baylor, Iowa State, which are four winnable games yep. and also four losable games. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I guess my fear is they somehow go undefeated and sneak into the playoffs and, like, get the four seed and just get utterly thrashed by whoever's at number one. 
you know? Because, like, there's no way TCU would keep it within 21 of Ohio State or Alabama or Tennessee or Georgia. Like, it would not be even remotely close. You, you can quote me on that. So, yeah. Absolutely. That's my take. That's my take. All right, then. With that segment out of the way, I think we can move on to previewing the upcoming games for this Saturday. I have, as always, compiled a list of, oh, eight or nine games um, that I'm personally looking forward to. But you, of course, can feel free to chip in here, Randy, um, as we go down the list here. Um, as always, going in order of when the games start chronologically. And opening up Saturday morning, 11 a.m., we have got Maryland at Wisconsin. Folks, it's the return of Talia. He's returning after a very scary injury, if you recall. And uh, I don't know about you, Randy, but to me, this feels like an absolute make or break game for Wisconsin's bull hopes. Um, for those who don't know, Wisconsin has like a 20-year streak of making a bowl game. It's actually longer than Bama. It's one of the longest streaks in the nation. So a lot is at stake here, dude. This is a pretty scary game for me. I just feel like this is the exact type of game that 2022-2021 Wisconsin will lose, I have to be honest. Uh... And why is that? Is it Talia? I don't know. I, I have no reason. I just, just based <laughs> off of a feeling. I'm not too familiar with Big Ten football, but I just, Wisconsin doesn't have like that strong physical it factor. I don't know. That hurts to hear because we used to. That was like, that was our identity. You know what I mean? For the longest time. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm just trying to be honest. Maryland is actually very good. They're 6-2. Six six two. Two. They six unfortunately two. have to play in the Big Ten East, but yeah. I mean, they, they are a very good team this year. They're winning Which the game. Which will be a being back for there. Yeah. All right. Well, what can you do? At the same time um, as the Wisconsin game is a game I'm looking forward to at least watching the highlights because I won't be able to watch it live, of course. Florida at Texas A&M. Randy, I have a question for you. Is this the game that gets Jimbo Fisher fired? No, he's, they really do not have the money to fire him. I know you, Texas oil money, all that, but they literally, <laughs> like, it's not that infinite. It seems like it's infinite, but it's not literally infinite. So. Funnily enough, my uh, my wife, she was talking to me. She said, so if, if Jimbo Fisher ends up going to Auburn, are you going to rename the Jim Podcast? Like, <laughs> I would feel weird listening to that. That's funny. That's funny. We haven't talked about the Auburn like... opening at all. That's interesting to think about, but yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Don't worry. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but the thing with Texas A&M is I feel like they've just pretty much written off this season altogether, and they yeah. just kind of know that it is what it is. If they can pull off some good win, maybe if they can beat LSU, they can, I don't know, salvage some type of They're probably not even a bowl. Victory. They're probably not making a bowl game at this rate. I mean, especially if they lose, um, if they lose this week to Florida. I mean, at the moment, they've lost four games in a row. Um, who do they got here for the rest of the season? Let's look them up here. Florida, Auburn, UMass, and LSU. Good good Lord. Good Lord. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to beat. I don't think they're going to go 6-6. Six and six, So it's going to be tough, dude. It's tough. That's all I know. All right, coming up next, easily the biggest game of the week. We've got number one Tennessee at number three Georgia. This is at 230. Um, shame on the playoff committee for not making this a number one and number two matchup in my mind. Um, even if these aren't really the two best teams in the nation, I just like the hype of it all. Um, here's the thing, Randy. I think that, like, I like Tennessee on the whole. I think they're having an incredible season. I think they've they've proved a lot of the haters wrong so far. But part of me thinks that they've sort of met their match this week against Georgia. You know, I, I think that Georgia is definitely the toughest team They'll have faced on the road so far this year, and I think that's going to be the key difference here. I think if this was at Knoxville, there might be a legit chance, but 
I mean, my fear ultimately is that Tennessee just gets just gets clobbered by Georgia's really tough and physical defense. And I don't know, man. I'll be rooting for them, but we'll have to see what happens. Um, as a kind of a side note, I will say about Tennessee's offense is that um, it actually this is well, this is a Bama stat. Bama has allowed 15 touchdowns all season, and seven of them were against Tennessee. So I just want to point out that their offense is legit and can light up Georgia under the right circumstances. I hope they do, dude. I hope they do. I, I mean, think it's going to come down more to Georgia's offense than anything. If I, if you had to pick, who do you hate more, Tennessee or Georgia? No, oh, Tennessee. Really? Tennessee, it's personal. Okay, fair enough. Even though like they've been mediocre for most of your life. Okay, here's the thing. Is you have to understand that what's – I'm not even going to say his name. <clears throat> but <laughs> – their literal stated goal was to destroy the Alabama athletics program. They were caught cheating. We were cheating too, but they were caught cheating. Were cheating and in too. order to save themselves from punishment, they're like, hey, look, they're cheating too. And they did the same thing to Florida too a decade earlier. So, like, they're, they're no good. They're snitches. They're low down. They're dirty. Like, it, it actually is personal. That's why we hate Tennessee. That's why we reveled in every single win on the 15, wow. 15 game winning streak. Like, it is actually personal. Man. All right. Uh, moving on to a game that's a lot less personal, but a game I am personally attached to myself. Michigan State at number 16, Illinois. We talked about this a little bit before, but here's my take. I thought about this. I think Illinois is going to sleepwalk right into this game, and if for as much as I hate the man, I think Tuck needs to win this game in order to build some confidence around the program and potentially save his job for the long term. Right? Like, they need to win this if they want a chance to be eligible and maybe look past this terrible incident in the tunnel room. So, I don't know, dude. I know Michigan State's the underdog, but I could see them pulling it off. I just want to say that, by the way, it actually is like a legitimately recorded thing that Phil Farmer actually oh said. God. He actually said, Let my goal go. is to destroy the Alabama Let athletics program. Let he literally said that. Like, that's how personal it is. All right, all right. Okay, anyway, Tuck coming. He's, he's coming? You think, you think so? Tuck dude, coming. I love Tuck. I love Tuck. Let's go. Talk's coming, dude. I actually, I actually, I, this is my walk of the week is that Michigan State beats Illinois. Dang. All right. It's official. Write it down. Write it down, dude. Lock of the week. I like that. I'll be honest. I think that was going to be my lock, but I'll let you have that one instead. I've got a backup Thank as you. well. I've got a backup. All right. Um, speaking of locks of the week here, I've got a lock of the week coming up here, but I won't reveal it quite yet. We've got number six, Alabama at number 10, LSU. This is a night game. Randy, tell me. Are you nervous? I've noticed that uh, two of the three bullet points on your notes that you sent me were about how quiet the fan bases have been. It's true. Yeah, I'm nervous. I mean, it's asking if I'm nervous implies that I thought in the first place that this is a give me win, and it's absolutely not. I mean, it's going to be at night in Death Valley against number 10 LSU. They control their own destiny. Every, everything on the line in this game, and I agree, it's actually been pretty quiet, but it's been purposeful because both fan bases are experienced enough and success to understand to not give bulletin board material True. and to not put your cart before the horse. For what it's worth, Randy, I'll say this, my lock of the week, and hate to do this to you. I've got LSU being Alabama. All right, fair enough. Write it down. I will say this is going to be with it pouring down rain at night. It's definitely going to be reliant on the run game heavily. Mm-hmm. I really hope Bob understands that and doesn't pull out the same old Bryce hero ball crap. Please don't do that. Our offensive line and run game has actually looked very good as of late. But Randy, he needs the Heisman. He needs to have his. You know, he already has the Heisman. I don't. We don't care about that. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. 
Um, teams that might care about this, though. Number 24, Texas at number 13, Kansas State. Same time, 6 o'clock. Uh, do you think Kansas State can do what it did last week against Oklahoma to Texas? They're going to play the same way, but I don't know if Texas is going to play as badly as Oklahoma State did. Because I feel <laughs> like Kansas State didn't necessarily do anything like that tremendous. It's just like Oklahoma State completely folded. Right, right. And it's one of the weirdest ways I've ever seen. For sure. Yeah, this will be interesting to see. I mean, I in my mind, Texas is kind of checked out at this point, but I know you have different thoughts on this with Sark. I know you're a big Sark fan. So. I, you know, he's amazing. I don't think they've checked out. I think he's got a lot of his guys in that are younger, especially. Mm-hmm. And I think they really want to win. And I think they're more bought into the whole idea of we need something to build off of for next sure. season. I mean, for its worth, they've got um, – who's that new um, quarterback coming in? What's his name again? Um, Arch Manning. <laughs> oh, Arch. they got the highest <laughs> quarterback in history ever coming in. So <laughs> – Lot to play for, you know. You, you, at this point, I think they're playing for Arch. I think they don't want Arch to like decommit and like go to Bama. I think that's we already of, hey, we already got our guy. We got a five star from Los Angeles who yeah. looks he looks and plays exactly like Bryce. Hmm. So interesting, interesting. Um, moving on, six thirty p.m. We got number four Clemson at Notre Dame. Randy, Clemson's fraudulent. We all know this. Do you think Notre Dame has a chance? <laughs> Notre Dame has won five out of the last six, and they've looked very much improved from their first awful two-game skid, losing to a bad Marshall team. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing about Clemson is that I know Klubnik finished out the Syracuse game, and he only threw like a couple passes, but Clemson is the king of peaking at the right time. I think they're going to win and probably like a seven to ten point win. I think they they know what they need to do to win this game and ultimately get themselves to the playoffs just to get blown out in the first round. <laughs> For what it's worth, this is a night game at home for Notre Dame, and I think that will be a factor in this. I think at a minimum, we'll have a pretty close game that should be pretty back and forth. So looking forward to swapping between this one and the Alabama game, I assume. Um, one final game of the night. This is also at 6.30. A lot of night games. A lot of, again, very backloaded schedule. We've got Florida State at Miami. Uh, Miami might not make a bowl game this year, especially <clears> if they lose to Florida State. What do you think, Randy? Is, is Mario Cristobal the guy, or is he just having one down year? It's his first year. You have you can, don't judge a coach in his first year. Don't be overly reactionary. I know with the portal and everything, you can build a team a lot quicker. Like the whole four year thing no longer exists with the portal. Right. But the thing with Cristobal is that as amazing of a recruiter as he is, as much as he can stockpile talent, he always has like this hard ceiling of ten wins. Even at Oregon with Justin Herbert, he couldn't really crack that ceiling. True. True. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, if what it's worth, Florida State also isn't having the best year. They're five and three right now, so it seems like both programs. I mean, it's a rivalry game, so it should be. You know, there's pretty plenty of motivation to begin with, but it seems like both teams are very much itching for a big win this season. So, I'm hoping for a fun game uh, in Saturday night. All right, to close up this episode, as always, gonna give top tens. Though, Randy, it sounds like you maybe don't have a top ten this week and just wanna. Listen to mine. I don't know. <laughs> so I tried to make a top 10, and I just don't see the point in me giving mine when it's just so similar to the CFP top 10. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we'll just compare mine with the, the regular top 10 then. <laughs> um, all right. At number one, for the first time, I think, in quite a while, I've got Georgia. I've got Georgia as the best team in the country. And here's why. I'm kind of – I am already assuming that Georgia is going to defeat Tennessee. And as a result, they should be number one. I mean, they'd be undefeated. They had the best win in the country. Georgia won. What do you think, Randy? 
I mean, I understand it. I'm not in disagreement. I mean, that's fine. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. At number two, to the surprise of probably no one, I've got Ohio State. Um, they looked actually quite dicey last week against Penn State. Very dicey. But, I mean, ultimately, they're going to continue winning. Um, really, their season comes down to the game against Michigan. And until then, they're one of the best teams in the country. Hard to deny that, I think. Yeah, fair enough. At three, I've got their arch rival, Michigan, who, I mean, no one's, I don't know. It, it, do you get the sense that, like, no one's really talking about Michigan this year? Like, everyone just kind of assumes it's going to be Ohio State from the Big Ten in the playoffs, but, like. I don't think people assume that as much as people just understand that the Big Ten and playoff spot is going to come down to the game, the game. Michigan, Ohio State. Because, yeah, no one's. Michigan's built, Michigan, they build themselves to beat Ohio State. That's not true. to win in the playoffs. And for what it's worth, I mean, Michigan has already taken care of their two biggest tests outside of Ohio State in Michigan State and Penn State. Back-to-back wins, back-to-back convincing wins um, against two of their rivals. So, yeah, very, very legitimate team to look for. Speaking of four, at number four, Randy, you're going to like this. This is going to make music to your ears. I've got Alabama. Really? I've got Alabama. Now, I know I said LSU would beat them, and that was my lock, but... Dude, I don't know, man. It's Bama's still Bama. At the end of the day, I punished them. I gave them their time. You know, you you paid your dues. You're back in the playoff picture. So, congrats. I think Bama is very much they control their own destiny. If they went out, dude, they're in. So, um, gotta give props. I mean, I understand why we're above teams like TCU and everything that are still undefeated. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: is like if you, I'm trying to be respectful, yeah. but if you ask anybody, if you put TCU and Alabama on the play on the neutral field right now, mm-hmm. who would you pick? I, Alabama, like it, obviously, <laughs> you know, like that's. I feel like people, if you're if you're looking at it in terms of like a power ranking, how differently would people be talking about Alabama if Will Riker makes that field goal I know. versus Tennessee? I know. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like. In terms of like stats and computer rankings, you know, a missed field goal doesn't move the needle that much. I get that. I totally get that. Um, so yeah, that's why I got him four. That's why I got him four. Um, speaking of mulligans, at number five, I have got the Oregon Ducks. That's right. I'm quite. I'm quite high on Oregon. I think um, they're a different team than who they were in week one. And again, they have one of the best offenses in the nation. And if Oregon keeps winning, dude. I think they got to make the playoffs. I, I see no reason why they shouldn't make the playoffs, assuming they keep winning, of course. I actually could see that. I mean, Bo Nix has – he's very much clicking with the new OC and with the new coach and the new system at he's Oregon. Fun. I think yeah, he's just having fun. He's, he's a dark horse for the Heisman, unironically. <laughs> I mean, that would be kind of crazy to think about. <laughs> but I Ultimately, guess. if they control their own destiny and they have a winnable schedule, they do have a tough – uh, into the season, and they're going to have to win the Pac-12 championship game. But they're kind of peaking at the right time, and they could make the playoffs. I mean, it's possible. They could. Um, coming in at number six, I have got my boy Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels. <laughs> now, I understand. I understand. I understand. They've been a little bit sus. They did lose to LSU. But, dude, I just like Lane. I don't know, man. Every week I say it. <laughs> I like this team. And, you know, for for it's fan, they're 8-1. And I've been high on them the whole season, and they're eight and one. Like I, I think I deserve some credit for being high on them. I'm gonna say. I mean, yeah, they they play well. They play well. Lane looks to be much improved as a coach. Uh, I mean, they're a good team. We'll see. Awesome. They still have to play Bama. That's true. That's true. Speaking of Bama, teams playing Bama at number seven, I've got LSU, the Tigers. 
Good Man, Tigers. I've teed that one up for you. Good, good Tigers, you did. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, this team is it's weird. They're weird, but they have potential. And I'm assuming they're going to at least put up a fight against Bama. Okay, how, how, how's that? Is that fair? Oh, yeah, they're absolutely going to put up a fight. I mean, this Death Valley at night in the pouring down rain, they're going to put up a fight. They're gonna. I don't know if they still do the thing where they parade the tiger around the field. Having more <laughs> like an people. actual tiger? Or what? Yeah, they, they do that. I remember I went to a game in 2008, and it was actually, I went with my brother to an LSU game at Baton Rouge 2008, Saban's return to Death Valley. Wow. And they literally, they had him on a cart, and they had some kind of, like, strong golf cart, literally pull him <laughs> around the entire stadium, circle him around the stadium, Mike the Tiger. Jeez. It really does mean more. Holy cow. That's wild. You got to do that with the Badger, man. We used to. In, like, the 1920s, we had a live Badger. Um, but they had to get rid of him because he kept attacking people. Dude, that would have been perfect. Okay. It's true. Tigers are much more vicious, I imagine. Unfortunately, it seems like Brian Kelly is going to work out at LSU. Yeah, as much as it kills me, I know. I, I hate it. And speaking of coaches working out at places they shouldn't work out at, that ball is a Walt West coming in at number eight. I've got USC. Um, they just keep winning. Same as LSU, same as Ole Miss. They just keep winning. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. But uh, but that's the thing about the Pac-12 is that they're never going to be tested with like a Bama, Ohio State, Georgia. That's true. That's true. Anything like that until the playoffs. Yeah, which I mean, I think it's it's probably safe to assume the APEC 12 team is going to make the playoffs, right? Like probably either Oregon or USC or maybe even UCLA, maybe. Like I, I assume a one-loss Pac-12 team makes it, right? I, I think what's going to be interesting is I think it's going to depend on how TCU shapes up because if you, if you have an undefeated Power 5 team, you cannot leave them out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, the thing is, like, I know I understand that the SEC is having an incredible year in terms of at the top, especially. But the reality is, like, you like you're gonna have your chance to win out. You know what I mean? You're gonna like. I think if more than two SEC teams make the playoffs, dude, I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> I'm gonna be so mad. And I know no, you're gonna happy, but like, there are there are teams like Oregon that deserve a shot. So that's all I'll say. Um, speaking of the SEC, at number nine, I've got this is crazy, I, and I kind of don't know know I'm doing this, but. I've got Tennessee. I'm just in my head, like they they they're going to get destroyed by Georgia. Like in my head, there's no way they even come close here. So I don't know. In my mind, they're already exposed. So I got them at nine. <laughs> I wouldn't say they've already been exposed, but they I don't know how to describe it. They actually have a physical team. I, I remember like I don't think they do. I, think I feel was, like they don't. They do. They do. So in the second quarter or on the second drive of the Kentucky game, they had like a 15 play drive where they just ran it down their throat just to kind of show that they could to demoralize Kentucky. And Kentucky is known for being a physical SEC team. Um, I know it's Kentucky, but that's actually like what their bread and butter is, is being physical. So they have legitimate talent. They're well coached. They have great offensive weapons and they're straight out of a retirement home based on how old their players are. Should be interesting to see. I, I hope I'm proven wrong. I really I want Tennessee to win this game, like for what it's worth. They're built on fundamental veteran leadership. That's true. That's true. And that will translate well. Let's hope so, man. All right, and finally, polishing off the list at number ten is the polished turd that is Clemson. Come on, that was a good transition. I just thought <clears> the fly here. Um, I, they're they're sus. They're sus. We all know this. Like I, I feel like I've said enough. They're they're the sussiest team in the nation. By a pretty big margin. They're predictably sus. Predictably sus. Everyone knows it. I think everyone knows it but Clemson fans. I think they they deny it for some reason. But 
I feel like they think that, like, yeah, we're kind of struggling our way to the playoffs, but I think they have this attitude of, like, okay, once we get to the playoffs, that's when we're going to peak. But, like, they're not peaking. Everybody talks about them peaking at the right time. They're a peak late team. The reality is they're barely winning these games still. It'd be one thing if they, like, destroyed Syracuse. It'd be one thing if they were going to just destroy Notre Dame on the road this weekend, but they're not going to. It's going to be struggle win after struggle win. And I just I can't respect that. I can't respect this team. South Carolina, please expose Clemson. How cool would that be? How cool would that I be? I mean, it's very possible. South Carolina is the type of team, they're going to lose to teams they should beat, but mm-hmm. then beat teams they should lose Hey, man, to. South Carolina, they're 5-3. and three. I mean, there's potential here, ball. dude. There's potential. Beamer ball, look out. They're going to beat number 13, Kentucky, and they're going to beat Texas A&M, but they're going to lose to Missouri. It makes no sense. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I know. They, their last two games of the season are going to be versus Tennessee and at Clemson. Man. Talk about a gauntlet. Wild. Yeah, that is pretty rough. Um, but regardless, um, that concludes the top 10. Um, any final thoughts here, Randy, before we conclude this week's episode? This is going to be by far the best week of college football we've had, really? except for maybe week one. But, yeah, this is going to be a great week. We're going to see the playoff picture really start to shape up this oh, week with the conversion of Tennessee, Georgia, and Alabama, LSU. That's, that's going to tell us a lot about the potential playoff picture and depending on what happens with TCU. Yeah, I mean, TCU, it seems like, is perennially on upset alert. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see what happens with them. But as always, looking forward to this weekend, praying for Wisconsin win. Um, and thank you yet again, Randy, for making it this episode. I know you've been sick, battling a tough cold. So, get your flu shot, everybody. Stay safe. Stay safe out there. Until then, as always, it's been the Jim Podcast, and as they say, roll time. Almost constant.